Hello, everybody. Um, let me just say that I think this one has to be one of my favorite interviews so far, well, in the history of the What You Need podcast. Now, I have an amazing guest. She is so sweet and just inspiring and all of these amazing things. And her name is Ban. And let's jump right in. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey, how are you? Good. It's nice to finally meet you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is so this is not real, but yeah. <laughs> this is so amazing. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Internet. <laughs> <laughs> Technology. <laughs> yes. Can you hear me well? Um, yeah, I think I got it. Okay, cool. I'm using these headphones and I don't know how great they really are, so hopefully it's all good. But if at any point it's not, I can take them out or whatever and see how that works. Okay, perfect. Um, How was your vacation? Uh, good. My vacation to Quebec? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I think you said you, had, you were just getting back to work from vacation. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I moved... Um, in September, and then I went back home for vacation in Calgary. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, it was really good. It was uh -huh. a good time. I had a really long vacation, so that was really nice. That is awesome. I love vacations. I just got back, too. So I definitely feel a little bit more refreshed. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really been online or anything in the past little while. I've been kind of busy, but how was your trip? Have you posted pictures and things <laughs> like that? I literally ended up just taking maybe, like, 50 pictures. Out of the whole okay. three weeks, so I don't have much. <laughs> you know, less is more, I think. <laughs> True. <laughs> okay. Um, well, usually I start off with just, like, asking my guests to kind of introduce themselves a little bit, tell us, like, what you like doing, and then we just let it flow from there. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so um, whenever you're ready. Okay, cool. Uh, okay. <laughs> Three, two, one. <laughs> um, so my name is Ban Gadquaz, uh, and I am the producer, editor, and the host of Daughter Podcast. Uh, I'm from Calgary, Alberta, which is a nice, nice medium, I guess, size city in Canada. Uh, and yeah, uh, I guess what I like to do. I like to do nothing. I like to sit <laughs> and watch TV and eat. That's Me my too. Pastime. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a little about me. Oh man, I think that's my favorite thing too. Like at this moment, I literally just watch Netflix. It's and a beautiful thing. Yeah, whoever made that up is just a genius. It's true. Yeah. I, I just feel like all these people, you know, they're trying to be so busy all the time. Yes. But me, whenever <laughs> I sit down and I watch an episode of The Office, like, I'm oh. good. I am happy. <laughs> My little brother loves that show, and I've, I've just never started, so. <gasps> you should. I should. Great. I should. I've got some, some good jokes. Uh -huh. Good times happening in the office. It's my favorite show for sure. <laughs> I will do that. Um, <laughs> so, other than watching Netflix in the office, <laughs> how how do you find the time to do other things like your podcast? And I think you mentioned you're going to school too, or are you done? I recently 
recently graduated, but while I was making my podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, I, yeah, I was, I was in school at that time. It's really hard. Um, how do you make time? That's a really good question. (laughs) I've been having issues with that currently. I, I feel like I only learned how to manage my time right at the end of university, <laughs> um, which is terrible. But oftentimes I'd be like staying up late, I'd mm-hmm. be watching The Office, I'd be sleeping, and doing all this stuff. Um, but it wasn't until like, yeah, the last semester of school where I was like, okay, time to get things together. <laughs> I think it um, was um, the threat of adulthood, like impending adulthood. <laughs> That's like get it, it together. It definitely is that. It yeah. motivates you. It really does. Uh-huh. But yeah, you were saying. Um, yeah, so yeah, at the end of that semester, uh, I just kinda had to decide mm-hmm. what I wanted in life. Yeah. What was important to me, what was, you know, the top of my priority list and what was at the bottom. And I kinda had to order it all in Mm -hmm. a way that made sense like you know a functioning responsible adult yeah (laughs) so that meant that a lot of the time I'd have to skip out of hanging out with friends Mm -hmm. Um, I'd have to stop watching tv I'd have to get my studies done right away and you know do all this stuff just to make sure that I wasn't stressing myself out too much yeah um there's this guy who once said that um you have to start saying no <laughs> to certain <laughs> things so that you can say yes to other things. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. That's a good way to I put like it. I like that advice. Yeah. I really do. <laughs> and I think I kind of forgot everything that I learned in that last semester. Oh, my God. In terms of time management yeah. and everything. So now I have to relearn it all. <laughs> Wait, so you're, like, working now? You got a job? You're out in the industry? All of that kind of stuff? I am working. It has nothing to do with anything I studied, though. Um, <laughs> what did you it was study? Like a super random life turn. Uh-huh. I don't even know how I ended up here. Um, but yeah, so in school, I studied communications mm-hmm. and media studies. Oh, nice. I, yeah, it was, it was a great program. I really loved it. Uh, so I did that, and I got. So I have a, a bachelor's degree in communication studies, mm-hmm. and I also have a diploma in radio, television, and broadcast news. Whoa. Um, so those things kind of go together, and yeah. that's nice. Um, but when I was in school, I was also uh, a reporter, and what? that kept me really busy. Uh-huh. It wasn't anything like, you know, smart, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I was just a traffic and community events reporter breaking news no that is still something though Um, so it's just simple stuff yeah um so i doing all of that being in school and being um a reporter and all this stuff really got to me Mm -hmm. and i was so stressed by the end of school um at the end of August. Yeah. So I was like, I need to get away from Calgary. I need to leave. I need to go and just be. Um, so something that I really have wanted to do for such a long time was learn French. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in Canada, Canada is a French and English speaking country. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are very small little pockets that speak French throughout. It's, it's mostly Anglophone. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, and mm-hmm. in Calgary, uh, there are little communities that speak French in Alberta and different areas, but mm-hmm. I wanted to go and be fully immersed in it, so I moved to um, a French.
called Tibet. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I work in a classroom as um, a teaching aide, an mm -hmm. English language teaching aide, and on the side I'm learning French and doing some other things with my life, so yeah. Whoa, so you literally just picked up and you're like, I am doing this. Yeah, I mean, Whoa. as school started to, to end and mm -hmm. as I had to kind of come to terms with the idea of, you know, not being able to get behind the cover of being a student, yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, I need to I need to do something that's just like fun for me before I get a real job as an adult. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I looked into ways that I could go and learn another language and I, I did like the super millennial thing of just wanting to <laughs> to a different place and just have this beautiful life. Of course, it's not, like, as beautiful as I... As you imagine. Yeah, no, I totally had that, too. Because um, I came from, like, a little town on the eastern side of Washington State. And after graduation, I was like, I need to get a job. I need to move out of this small town and, like, start expanding my horizons. My mom was like, you need to spread your wings and fly. <laughs> And yeah, like I just found a job and I, I made the move. So yeah, it's definitely something that I feel millennials should do. I think so too. It's yeah. a good investment in mm -hmm. oneself. And that's really important, I think. Yeah. Um, you said that you are a teaching aide. That does have something to do with communications. Yeah, <laughs> in, in some sense. Very loosely, but yeah. I feel my yeah. job is relatively... Uh, useless. Hopefully, none of my employers are <laughs> I can edit this and take that out if you decide later on that you don't want it in there. It's okay. I'm sure it's fine. It's just, uh, I, I think I, I, I hesitate to call myself a teacher because I haven't put in the work that other teachers have. Oh. Uh, so I'm just a classroom aide where I just like I just help people in the language department and oh, cool. things like that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't want to make it seem more like like I've worked really hard for this and this is like my calling in life because there are people <laughs> who I do work with where they're great at their jobs and they deserve all the credit. I, I don't think I can do that. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean you will pick up other things on the way though. So that it's will true. Yeah. It's true. And I already have. So mm -hmm. it's, it's good. Yeah, that is so awesome. I like how you just you decided to do it and you did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'm a very, very, very impulsive person. So I'm not really? surprised that I did this. Yeah. <laughs> I would not have gotten that picture, but I could kind of see it in the way that you and your mom kind of converse on the podcast because it's like you're seeing, like you're listening to her story and then you're putting your own twist on it so that, I don't know, so it, it's more relatable to, like, a bigger group of people, if that makes any sense. So I definitely yeah. see that impulsivity into that. So. Yeah, that's very me. Uh, I make <laughs> a lot of bad decisions. <laughs> bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I hope that that's kind of not the impulsivity of things, but mm -hmm. I guess the, I don't know, the relatability of things. I, I, I hope that that really translates through for sure. Oh, definitely. Um, I was giving a uh, ride to this woman who barely spoke English, and I was having your podcast on, and she was like, oh my god, what's going on in this? I can hear somebody that sounds like me. So, like, wow. yeah, and I was like, that's, that's so, so cool. Yeah, it was so awesome, and it made the car ride a lot 
a lot more enjoyable. So, yeah. Oh my god, that that's pretty cool. amazing to hear. Thank yeah. you so much for saying that. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> but um, how did you decide to do that? Um, how did you approach that idea with your mom? Well, it goes back to me being impulsive. <laughs> um, uh-huh. So I, I never really thought about making a podcast. Um, I thought deeply about my mother's story mm-hmm. and the things that she was telling me. And um, I, I just decided one day that her story was one that I wanted to share. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just like, I'm going to make a podcast. And I, I told her about it, and it was more of, like, me just doing it. Like, I, I just, I was like, Mom, this is happening. <laughs> and it was really selfish of me, and I'm, I'm quite embarrassed <laughs> of the way that I approached the situation, but I was so passionate about more people hearing about the things that she had gone through that I was just kind of blinded by the way that I figured out how I could do it. Yeah. definitely think so and your mom is awesome (laughs) thanks yeah uh man that is a lot Uh, i think one of my favorite stories was the one in the elevator and i just like it made me realize how how hard it must be to just like not know the language and not know how to work something and i still have instances where i walk into a situation and i don't know how to operate something and i think that's just because I was only raised here since I was eight years old, but there's still certain things that it'll take me a little bit longer to figure out what to do with it. So yeah, it was was a good one. Yeah, that was definitely one that a lot of people talked to me about. Yeah. Um, Because I think it really gets at this, this notion of something that in general, people who grew up in Western society or Mm -hmm. uh, places like Canada and U.S., they, like for me, for example, an elevator is super normal. It's mm-hmm. like, it's nothing, it's whatever. I guess some people may have their fears that they'll get stuck in an elevator or something. Yep. Um, <laughs> but not to the same extent of fear where it's like, this is the first time I've ever interacted with something like yeah. this. And I'm terrified. You know? And it doesn't make sense. Um, like, it's not... There, there's no way you could know what's going on on the other side of those walls, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And if it's just like you've used it once or twice and mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's making noises at you, <laughs> it's like, I can't even imagine. Yeah. You know? No, I would just lay down and be like, it's, it's okay. 
and that's the other thing too is that for me even if um i you know have even if i grew up now only taking the stairs never using an elevator yeah um, the media that i have in my life has shown me elevators oh, all yeah. the time you know i've seen it in tv shows like grace and Nat, like the office like all these things so mm-hmm. it's just such a normal concept that it's just whatever yeah that is an intense thing to think about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess what I would have to ask what parts of your mind has your mom's story kind of opened up or like working on the podcast? Have you found yourself to be a little bit more focused on certain things going on in the world or, you know, like that kind of thing? Um, I think if anything, mm. My mom opening up about her story and her past has taught me that everybody lives a very individual life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's, you know, it's everybody has their own story, blah, blah, blah. You yeah. don't know this, that, the other about this person. Mm-hmm. It's true. We see that everywhere. We hear that everywhere. Um, but I think I never looked at my mom as someone who had a story before. Mm-hmm. And that was intensely important for me, I realized, getting into my 20s, mm-hmm. um, to know that that I came from somewhere, that that my mom is a person who has feelings, who has yeah. a personality, who has a life. Mm-hmm. Um, and growing up in my teens, I never thought about that. It was always about me and about all these things that I had to go through. Why are we poor? Why doesn't my mom speak English? Mm-hmm. Why? Blah, blah, blah. Like, it was all just, all these concerns that were just so, so centered on myself. And it wasn't until my mom shared with me the entire scope of her story that I just realized that there are so many things that are out of people's control that yeah. shape them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's something I think that is really important to every person that I interact with now. Whatever they do to me, I, I think, okay, well, what what is going on in this person's life to make them act that way to me? Mm-hmm. Or this person has a really interesting sense of humor. Why? There, there's always a why to someone. And that's what my mother taught me about people in general. Wow. Uh, yeah, and, and I just, I really never thought about it so intensely before. Mm-hmm. It's always been such a surface level understanding that people are individuals and deserve respect for this and and things like that but my mother sharing her story taught me just how many events happen in everybody's life to make them the way that they are Um, so yeah that's that's kind of one part of things that's Mm -hmm. like the most important thing that I learned from from my mother sharing her story Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of things that I've become more passionate about um, I've always been very interested in uh, human rights work, humanitarian aid, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's never been a time in my life that I can remember where I haven't been interested in that stuff. Um, but I guess with my mother sharing her story, I became more interested in the idea that all these things around the world, all these issues that we see, whether it's women who are married when they're in their teens, Mm-hmm. or um, 
people who become refugees and things like that, mm -hmm. I realized that all these issues that I cared about are so much closer to home than I think. Um, and they affect my life in a way that is deeper than I thought as well. Mm -hmm. Of course, for me specifically, my mother was a refugee. My mother was a child bride. My mother uh, was sent to prison for crossing a border and things mm -hmm. like that. But that means that every single person in my life, no matter who they are, has also been affected by that because mm -hmm. I am my mother's daughter. So that means that since I was raised by a refugee, the issues that come along with um, refugee rights and things like that, yeah. they matter to my best friend. They matter to my teacher. Mm -hmm. They matter to my co-workers. And there are all these things that are happening all around the world, but they affect us in ways that we don't quite pay attention to. Mm -hmm. It's like an undercurrent. Exactly. Almost, yeah. 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 And I often think about those two examples that I gave, my teachers and mm -hmm. my best friends, mm -hmm. where it's like, if I'm at school and I can't concentrate on something, or if I'm at school and I'm a little bit hungry, chances mm -hmm. are those things came because my mother is in uh, a low-income bracket, and that's because she was a refugee, mm -hmm. and that's because she was a child bride, uh, and because she came from a war-torn country, because mm -hmm. this and that and that. And there are all these things that come from this one issue that everybody knows about but nobody actually thinks about mm -hmm. so it's like now here's me there's my mom and there's my teacher and now we all struggle with this one issue that demands to be seen but nobody's paying attention to wow so, yeah i'm wondering if that's one of the reasons that you went into communications because you're of the ability or having, ma making it possible for the story to be told or for people to feel more connected to each other. Is that something you considered during the making? Um, not necessarily. Mm -hmm. I, I think this desire of mine to tell stories came a little later in my life. Yeah. But something about me is that, um, like I discussed in my podcast, I have always had to be um, a representative of sorts of my mom, of Canadian society, mm -hmm. of myself, of my religion, and all this stuff. And I think the reason that I love communication so much is because it, well, there are so many different elements of communications, of course, but something that has guided me from the very beginning is having to put on um, a show, essentially. Oh, uh-huh. And, and having to be able to represent a certain topic in a way that everybody can understand. That has been a huge part of my life, and I think that's why I, I am so passionate about communications, because mm -hmm. communication is really so important to understanding our society. Um, and yeah, so I think more just my uh, my survival, I suppose, <laughs> living with uh, a single refugee black mother has mm -hmm. made me so interested in this idea of communicating with society at large. Yeah. In a way that I think is more accurate than what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, told, I, I definitely see that. Um, and isn't it so strange that 
all of the things that as teenagers we're angry about or we feel is unfair, all of a sudden in our 20s and our 30s, like they, it starts making sense and like clicking mm-hmm. into little parts of yourself. And you're like, oh my goodness, I'm so glad I went through that so that I could do this to the best of my ability. Yeah, it's true. It's yeah. true. Age gives you so much hindsight. <laughs> it, it definitely gives you so does. much. Yeah. Um, I think my sister says hindsight is twenty twenty. And I always look at her and I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> it's true. It's yeah. true. <laughs> oh, but that is so cool. So what what are, what are you planning to do with your communications degree or um, well, for a long time, I've told myself that I was going to work in a nonprofit, and uh-huh. I was—I I didn't care what I did, but I was going to make sure that I had a job that made the world a better place. Um, and that vision has changed slightly. I still have this really heavy desire to work in a nonprofit and, and to work with um, young women specifically. But now I want to be able to continue telling stories and representing organizations and things like that. So hopefully mm-hmm. one day if I ever get my act together, um, <laughs> I'll be able to do some sort of public relations or media relations and things like that. I think you'd be good at it. Hey, thank you. Yeah. I, I think it's like you're very, I don't know, you're, you seem very focused and very like. I, yeah, I like to think I am. Yeah. I like to think I am. But I did say before that my favorite thing to do is watch TV, and that's the problem. That's the strange thing, because the older I get, like, the less I want to just sit on the couch. Like, I'll start feeling like I should be doing something else. Mm-hmm. So I've been, like, and, kicking and myself in the butt. That is, like, that same sentiment is yeah. something that I feel often as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, like, when I am watching TV or whatever, it's after I've made sure that I've done everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's okay. There's no guilt. <laughs> exactly. It's yes. a good time. <laughs> yeah. But I've, I've had a lot of that this year because I just started season two last, the okay. end of last year. But every weekend something would come up and it got to the point where I've done a handful of interviews, but I'm not, I haven't edited them. I haven't had the time to like post them. So it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know how you move things around to make to make it happen, but... Oh, believe me, I understand. Yeah. I, understand. I have so much audio that's just sitting there, and <laughs> yeah. I, Even just thinking about getting to it is like, oh. Yeah, it feels like this weight. <laughs> so and, yeah. Oh, but I saw that you're coming back soon, too, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Are you excited? Um, it's Would- not going to be anything, like... It's not going to be like a whole new season or anything. Just a couple of things that I think will help serve the purpose of that podcast Mm -hmm. and and things like that. Um, But after that, I don't plan on going any further. It's I just uh, so I took down the podcast. Um, Yeah, I I saw that, and then you changed your name to Just Fun, and I was like, (laughs) so sad. Yeah. (laughs) And then you came back, and I was like. Mm-hmm. And nearing the end of school, I was working, I was a full-time student, 
and I was doing this podcast, and I was volunteering. Oh, God, And yeah. I had my family to help me take care of. And it was just a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, as the numbers started to grow, and as more and more people began to download my podcast, I just became suddenly so insecure. And mm. I, I began to wonder if I had made the right choice, if maybe my impulsive character had done something that was more negative than positive. And oh. Those thoughts, I, I couldn't get them out of my head. Yeah. Um, so with my impulsive nature, I just took it down. <laughs> <laughs> I was just done. I was like, I don't want to think about this anymore. I'm done. Uh-huh. Um, and, and it was kind of a relief, to be honest, for a little bit. It was, it was just nice to say, ah, I have nothing on the go. <laughs> um, yes. And I... Uh, I was talking to my sister, and she kept badgering me about this podcast, and I was a little annoyed. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, the thing is done. Like, what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and she just kept saying, I think you should put it back up. I think you should put it back up. And the more I talked with her about it, I realized um, that the podcast wasn't about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, was, there was a real, a much more important story that demanded to be told and me taking it down didn't serve anyone anything maybe it gave me a little bit of time to uh, just be you know 22 year old mm-hmm. but there's I just something just clicked in me and I, I realized that it's more important that it stays out there than it is that I get to do nothing <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I love doing so much yeah um, so yeah I, I felt that I just needed to put it back out there um but I told myself this time that I was going to just I was going to recognize my limits mm-hmm. and, and that was just super important to me just to say okay this is when you're going to release it this is how many new episodes you're going to do and this is how long you're going to keep it available to people mm-hmm. and just that for me gave me enough confidence to say okay so this is a story that you think really needs to be told, and these are the limits of the work that you can do. Mm-hmm. And that kind of just made things easier. Yeah, like putting some guidelines on a project. So exactly. That, yeah. Okay, yeah. I see it. Yeah. Well, yeah, at this moment, I have no idea what I'm doing with mine. I, I think I'll just let it go. If I feel inspired, an episode will go out, but otherwise, <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> And that's the best thing, I yeah. think, because I I felt I was getting too into the technicalities of things, yeah. the metrics, how I was going to get sponsors, uh, how I was going to do all this, yeah. and it just became too much for me. Like, it was just all, everything just came at me at once, and now that I'm kind of just taking the time that I need to mm-hmm. develop something that I think is really important, I feel just so much better, and that's just because... I'm doing it for better reasons yeah. than what it ended being. Yeah, it definitely has to be a love for something or like a, you enjoy doing something that it doesn't start feeling like it's draining the life out of you. So Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that happens quickly with technology and like social media too, so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but um, were you actually getting negative responses or was it? just too many people like in your mind 
many people. Um, I didn't get any negative responses. Oh, okay. Which I was surprised by. I was fully prepared to get a bunch of negative responses. So I was I was so surprised by the type of people that were responding positive, positively from, to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was surprised as well by how many people uh, were listening and things like that. It yeah. wasn't like some grand scale... Um, What's the most popular podcast? Uh, this American Life audience oh, yeah. space or whatever. <laughs> not not by any means whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But even just having a couple hundred people listen was Huge. crazy to me. Yeah. It was so, so crazy. It, um, it doesn't make so, sense how <laughs> all these people sorry. find you, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I would look at, uh, at my website and I'd see that there was someone from, like, somewhere super random like madagascar or something mm-hmm. listening. and i was like how did that even get yeah. <laughs> i don't even remember how i found yours but then i listened to the first episode and i was like this is a gem <laughs> i'm <laughs> keeping it thank you <laughs> yeah so i think it's just about stumbling onto good things and then following that i think it's you should true. yeah you should follow the things that make you feel good and make you feel like a little bit happier. I think that's the point it's of life. True. Yeah. It's true. And I guess, like, I was really lucky to have only positive, only really, truly, so remarkably glowing mm-hmm. remarks on the podcast. Um, but there was one one thing. And I, I, I'm not sure if it was about my podcast, but mm-hmm. I have a feeling it was. Um, I, I was reading some comments online, as one does, <laughs> as one shouldn't do. You should never um, do it. <laughs> and I was, I was looking at uh, a mutual, well, a friend of mine talking about some social issues. Yeah. Um, and this was after I'd taken the podcast down. Mm-hmm. And this individual was saying something about how um, there's something that I still, it still makes me a little mad, but it, it was something about how personal bias clouds your, uh, an individual's ability mm-hmm. to speak intelligently about certain subject matter. Ooh, um, okay. And and I, I looked at that and I, I thought, this must be about me. <laughs> <laughs> possibility that it's not at all about me but that comment just made my blood boil (laughs) and I was so mad that this individual would say something so utterly ridiculous it made me think of um, the line that a lot of people use that facts don't care about your feelings Ooh, uh and I hate that line so much And, and I read that what this person said online and I just as I said I was just so mad and it, it just got to me for like two hours I was just sitting there and I was yeah. about to make a Twitter thread and I was, <laughs> I was so mad I was gonna let it all out and then I realized that it doesn't matter of course what this individual said but True. I'm not sad to admit that it was also something that motivated me to re-release my podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness I think that Mm-hmm. comments that people 
about certain issues that our societies face. Um, and I just, I really don't like that negative attitude toward things where it's like, if you have been affected by this, then you have no place in saying anything about it. That doesn't make any sense Yeah, to me. it should actually be the opposite. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, this is something that somebody experienced, mm-hmm. so they should be able to say, this is how we can fix it. Or yeah. This is how certain things affect my life. Um, so that was the only negative comment that I read. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it was about me. <laughs> um, that made me really, really deeply consider what telling a story meant and what this podcast meant and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. So now that you've had to deal <laughs> with those kinds of things, have you solidified an approach to handling those things? How do you decide I'm just going to hold myself back? Or when do you decide you're going to jump in and say something? <laughs> <laughs> that is a really good question. Um, a long time ago, by a long time ago, like a year ago, <laughs> Yeah. Probably like a couple months ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I, I decided that I wasn't going to read commentary anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically on social media. And yes. of course, like sometimes I'll glance at something. That's how I came about that comment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided I wasn't going to engage in it. Yeah. Because I, I that's not a place where I think change happens. Um, I think like one-on-one in-person conversations are really important. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that articles, journalism, uh, different kinds of media are really important. But I think right now, at least, our internet culture has made it really difficult for me to try and share my opinion in a way that is small enough for someone to read in a couple of seconds. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that anymore. Um, so I guess that's why podcasting is also really important to me because it gives me the opportunity to share something in a way that is, um, I guess, larger in scale, yeah. uh, longer with, with more detail, with more ability to just give my opinion. Um, and it gives me the opportunity as well to just listen to other people. I don't have to say anything. Yeah. I don't have to engage with them. I'm just listening. Um, and I think that negative comments, like the one that I read mm-hmm. um, before, it, it just it it pushed me to be able to just be confident in what I'm saying and just say I don't need to necessarily engage in this type of behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, I can listen and I can read and I can whatever, but I don't need to engage in it. Um, I just need to seek out for myself these varying opinions. Yeah, are different or contrary to my own. Definitely challenge your your own horizons a little bit too so that you're not ending up in a little bubble of people who believe the same things you do, have the same opinions. Like It gets to a point where you have to get out a little bit and see if something that you're thinking is actually wrong. Exactly. And that's been a really big struggle for me, I think, for a long time because... I love my bubbles. <laughs> I, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I really love what people agree with me. Yeah. I love being able to just talk about things that I'm passionate about. Yeah. Uh, but the reality of the world that we're living in is that that's not always the most effective way to communicate. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's just like a constant 
a constant battle with, okay, this is what I want to hear um, versus this is what I don't want to hear, but I should probably listen to it. Yeah, at least just just to understand that it's out there and then figure out how you feel about it. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I was actually at a TED Talk and they said, you sh- this lady went up there and she was talking about how politics kind of divides friends and all of this stuff and she explained that when you do have friends who have different political views or just different views in general, instead of distancing yourself, you should ask those questions, try to understand why they believe what they believe and then it might actually end up changing what you believe or you might end up changing what they believe. So it's just, yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, do you have anything else? I think we got kind of in there. <laughs> uh, there's not too much I can think of. Hmm. Oh, um, other than the podcast, what other projects are you working on? Or there's something else that you would like to be working on? Um, well, there's this constant project of life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just kind of trying to figure out where I want to live in the long term. Uh-huh. I'm trying to learn a new language. Yes. Um, I guess I, I'm always trying to improve upon the, the skills and media that I learned at school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always trying to more. Right now, I'm trying to work more on my video editing ability. Oh, nice. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so so I have this nice camera, and I'm just trying to figure out how to use it, <laughs> <laughs> um, and how to edit things in a way that's beautiful to me, and just use media in a way that's meaningful, even more so than in radio. Um, so yeah, nothing more than re-releasing my podcast with a couple of new episodes and maybe releasing a couple of videos as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's pretty much it. Man, well, that actually sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 My life, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> to myself. Yeah, you gotta stay busy. Okay, well, um, would you like to tell anybody where to follow you or where they can find your podcast? That kind yes. Of um, so, for all of you who are listening, who got anything out of my <laughs> tangents and my ramblings, um, feel free to follow me on Twitter at Daughter Podcast and on Instagram at Daughter Podcast. And soon enough, the details of where you can find my podcast um, will be released on those platforms. And you can also email me at daughterpodcast at gmail.com to get a better idea of uh, what I'm doing and what I'm up to. Yay! That is so perfect. Thank you so much. It's fun talking with you. Thank you. It's so weird that people can actually meet each other without ever meeting each other. I know. It's wonderful. It blows my mind. Yes. So interesting. Um, You have time ever. Yeah. The history of radio. I know it sounds so boring, but no. it's so interesting. The history of radio. Where is that? Is that a podcast or? No, no, just in general. Oh, <laughs> you mean like on? Okay, cool. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I, I always talk to my friend Vera off about how interesting it is to me, but it's it's just about this about being able to communicate from long distances. 
how crazy it is. Yeah, and telling stories. There's a really good podcast called Love and Radio. Ah, yes, I've heard of that one. Yeah, they do it really well, and they pull stories from, like, 1950s, 1960s, and then they integrate it into each episode. It's actually mind-blowing how well they've done it. Wow, I'll have to listen. Yeah, but I that's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, definitely will then. All right, well, I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, no, thank you, and good luck with everything. Your podcast is great. Uh, I look forward to the Aww. next couple of episodes and Thank everything. You. You're wonderful. Thank, Thank you. you so much. <laughs> all right. You have a good one. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Seriously, that's all I have for you this week. And I really hope that you guys enjoyed that episode. Um, as always, you can follow the What You Need podcast on Twitter and Instagram at El Shampole or the website elshampole.com where you can subscribe to the Minority Magic weekly newsletter. Um, other than that, I have nothing else for you and tune in next week. Same time, same place. All right. Bye.